Finding the right jeans is hard. Accepting your jeans is even harder. Whether you wear boyfriend or bootcut, high rise or low rise, this podcast will teach you to love the jeans you are in. I'm Rachel. And I'm Tina. And we're going to use modern research to bust diet myths and get real about body after baby. We're going to take you on a journey of unpacking your old beliefs about food and weight so you can learn to nourish your body and raise body-confident kids. So put your booty in a chair and let's talk mom jeans. Hello, welcome to Mom Jeans. Today we're talking all about your selfie and the selfie culture that we are just bombarded with. I mean, man oh man, iPhones and what they have done to our culture. Personally, I'm super glad that my mom did not have an iPhone growing up because she already took pictures of me all the time. So not only would she have taken even more pictures of me, just literally like nonstop, but Considering her struggles with body acceptance that I've shared in the past, I am sure I would have overheard her just self-criticizing all the time. Like every picture, every selfie, I can just, she already does it. And these are when she had to go pick up the prints at like the Kodak store. (laughs) So I cannot imagine the instant like reaction she would have if we had taken pictures with our iPhones. I'm very grateful that I was an 80s baby personally. The selfie, the family photo, the filters, the social media postings, what has it done to us moms and how is it going to impact our children? That is really the big question there. The studies of the impact 20 years from now will definitely be interesting to read, but I know that as of now, so many moms love taking pics of their kids, not only because they're totally obsessed with their super cute kiddo, but because it means they don't have to be in the photos themselves. Insert sad face. Moms tend to hide in the back, fret about their double chin, or pull their sweater over their belly, feeling self-conscious about sending the photos, and compare their photos to the rest of the moms on social media. This makes me so sad to think about because that means many moms are avoiding taking pictures with their kids, and then in the end, they will miss out on so many memories. Unfortunately, we can't get those memories back and relive those moments. Yeah, I mean, the classic beautiful pictures we have of our maternal ancestors that are so precious to us, we don't ever look at them and critique their bodies. I mean, we lovingly like laugh at their hair or clothing styles, but (laughs) I mean, that's what makes those photos so great and those women so great. Like how awesome. She thought she was like rocking those bangs. (laughs) I love it. But I'm not like, oh, darn, look at that roll on her belly. (laughs) Like you just, we don't, that's not how time works in our minds. So I think what we do, though, when we look back at those pictures of our ancestors are we're looking at how it captured the energy of the moments, the love of the family, and just those priceless moments that we as moms keep in our hearts. When I look at the candid pictures of my kids, that's what I see, like those priceless moments that I treasured that people will just not really think is that big of a deal of a picture. But I remember what was going on right there. So please, mamas, get in the photos so that when your children grow up, they will remember you being a part of that childhood memory. And I think so many moms' ears will perk up when they hear a topic announced about how to protect their teen from the selfie culture because we're all genuinely worried about how this is going to impact our kids. But as you know, our podcast is all about bringing it back around to the mom. So moms, what is your relationship with the selfie and the camera? I mean, how has the selfie culture impacted you? So today we're going to talk to a body positive mom and therapist who is passionate about helping moms navigate their insecurities in a social media driven culture. 
And check out our Instagram this week because we will definitely be challenging our own stuff by posting some selfies as well. So let's get to our interview with Gina Graham now. All right, welcome to our interview with Gina Graham. She is an LCSW in private practice in Naperville, Illinois. Gina has over 15 years of clinical experience specializing in the areas of eating disorders, body image, anxiety, depression, and adolescent and women's issues. Gina's clinical work centers on areas of empowerment, cognitive behavioral coaching, and overall wellness and life balance. Gina also utilizes stress management, self-care, and a unique approach to improve confidence through the use of portrait photography. By giving specific tools and strategies, Gina hopes to empower girls and women to withstand and overcome the negative pressures in today's digital and fast-paced world. For more information, you can visit her website, ginagramlcsw.com. Welcome to our episode. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, we are excited. Woo! Let's talk about some selfies. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't like taking selfies, not because I'm a mom or anything other than I am terrible at social media. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think a lot of people probably relate to that. And I think a lot of moms relate to that. And, and look, that's okay. You know, I mean, I think social media is one of those things where it's like, okay, if it's not your thing, um, that's fine. It's, it certainly doesn't have to be. Um, I think we just have to kind of not be like afraid of it. Number one, we have to not be negative about it. Number two, because whether or not we're into it, like there's a pretty good chance that our kids are going to be into it. Totally. And so just understanding it from that perspective and being able to sort of guide them and, um, and sort of navigate that with them is important. So we can't completely avoid it, but we certainly don't have to participate if it's just not our thing. And I think it's great we're talking about it because I think so many moms and friends of mine will say like, oh, it's not my thing. But deep down, the reason why it's not their thing is probably because they feel insecure and they don't like the way they look in the picture. So they'd rather just write the whole thing off. So I love that we're talking about today because to your point, we have to have a level of acceptance with it. And then how can we even just use this tool to further improve our body image? Yes. Sure. Yes. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So what makes you passionate about helping moms heal their relationship with their bodies? And how have you gotten into this work? Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because I've, I've been involved with this work for a long time. And so I got involved this, with this work well before I was a mom. So I was, you know, kind of a young um you know, kind of like 20 something. And I was really passionate and invested in the idea of helping women, just young girls and women just in general with improving their body image and their self-esteem. And, you know, I kind of came by it, honestly, there, there were some personal struggles that I had, you know, growing up. And, um, and when I decided to get into mental health, it was just kind of a natural fit for me to sort of gravitate towards that population. Um, but I think I've become even more passionate in becoming a mom myself and really just kind of like helping moms, moms figure this piece out. You know, us moms are just like the unsung heroes of like our world. And, and, I, and I think like even given everything that's going on right now, um, you know, with this whole kind of global crisis that we're facing, like moms are stepping up to the plate in like every way so quickly and so powerfully. And, you know, I, I know you were kind of starting us off, you know, by saying that, you know, you're, you're not like a big social media person. I actually 
love social media. I spend a lot of time on social media and, and I'm happy to talk about the reasons why and, and, and what, how that has meaning for me. But, you know, the last couple of days in watching moms on social media be really open about like, this is how I'm navigating this. And this is how I'm keeping my kids on track. And this is how I'm maintaining a positive outlook in my home in spite of this really scary thing that we're all facing. Like moms are just amazing. And the things that we do um, day in and day out, it just breaks my heart when I sit with a mom or I hear a mom talking about how in spite of everything that she's good at and talented at and pouring her heart into and leaving it all on the floor at the end of the day that she's still in a lot of ways like picking herself apart and feeling like she doesn't measure up just based on weight shape appearance or the way that she looks it just breaks my heart into honestly and so I'm just so passionate about helping moms kind of figure out like can we can we work on that piece a little bit can we talk about how to heal that a little bit so that we're the first per person to kind of stand up and say like hey I'm doing a good job and, and I'm okay and I, I'm enough and I'm good enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, going back to my comment, there's that part of me that social media for me is not my outlet. I have other mm -hmm. forms of outlets. Um, sure. and, and Rachel knows this as I get stressed out with our own social media page, but she's really good at it and like manages my stress with that anyways. But then you bring up such a good point of like, I have a one and a half year old. By the time he gets a phone, I better catch up, man. You know, like yeah, he, for sure. he is going to be taking selfies. He is going to be on social media and whatever that's going to look like. I for need sure. to be able to catch up. So whether or not I use it as my outlet or not, he's probably going to. So I want to figure out a way to you know, support him. So how do you see sure. moms engaging in self-care or stressing about, you know, raising kids in this age of social media? Sure, sure. Well, I, I think that's such a great point. Like, as far as we know, all signs are indicating it's not going anywhere, right? Yeah. And teenagers, yeah. especially who are most susceptible, you know, to kind of planting seeds that they're going to struggle with lifelong, um, in those preteen and, and tween and, and teen years, they are, you know, teenagers and, and preteens are relational by nature. Like it is such a critical developmental time for all of the social networks. So they are just ripe for social media to be a huge part of their lives. And we don't need to see, like, we've all read the statistics and heard how much kids are spending on social media and on their phones. And we see it walking around all day, every day. Right. Um, and in terms of it kind of being something stressful for parents, it is stressful. And I don't think the point is for it not to be stressful. It's like, it's one more thing that we parents have to think about and juggle and manage. And it's one of the few things that we've not lived through. You know, it's like something that's new for us and new and, and unfamiliar is uncomfortable. And so it's okay that it's stressful. It's okay that we all see the same studies that point to how kids are at higher risk for depression, anxiety, suicidality, social bullying, body image disturbance, eating disorders as a result of what's happening on social media. So it's okay that it's stressful, but whenever we're stressed, we have two choices, right? We can either kind of give in to stress and anxiety and worry and wring our hands and say, I don't know what to do about it. Or we can get informed and we can get empowered and we can start to really think about, well, what can I control? You know, I can't control that my kids want to be on social media. I can't control 
all of social media and it's content, but I can control my content and I can talk to my kids about how to control their content. So the goal isn't to necessarily take the stress away. Um, the goal is just to know that it's something that we're going to have to help our kids learn how to manage. And it's one of many things. So as parents, we're trying to teach our, teach our kids how to manage, right? I'm not one to post myself and I'm actually not one to post my kids either very much. I just feel like that is something that I want to respect their privacy on. Um, so I am very curious to see like the impact of on the kids of all these influencers of the moms now who are not only making money off of constantly posting pictures of themselves in a perfectly curated form, but also basically using their kids' images to make money and to grow their feed. And I'm very curious to see in 20 years the impact of body image on these kids that have been raised by these moms and how this is going to continue the generation of... Just the body focus, even if it's not dieting, perhaps, even if it's body acceptance, there's, you know, there's still just this impact of like, how are all of these permanent images and the the influence of the likes and the comments and the followers going to really impact another generation as well? Sure, sure. And I think that kind of gets back to sort of like the stress and the anxiety of it is because, you know, we don't know, we don't have enough time with all of this to sort of understand it. And, you know, everyone kind of has a different, everyone has sort of different ways that they're approaching it. And so there is the sense of curiosity of like, well, what's, you know, what's the best way to go about this and what might work for one family or one mom or one person might not work for another. And, and, and how do we kind of cultivate a real community and culture of respect for our differences over something that, you know, um, I think is just so like prolific and, and just something we're all exposed to all the time. A lot of work that I do with um, my teen clients or even kid clients in session is as they're navigating the recovery process, figuring out what accounts are you actually following. So it kind of goes off of what you're what you're saying of like, are you following things that are positive? Or are you following things that are triggering? And one of those triggering things that maybe they don't realize is triggering is these before and after photos or people saying like, look at my body now and then look at it then. And so how do you feel about before and after photos? And how do you feel that that creates pressure or impact someone's body image? Sure. It creates a ton of pressure. And, and to your point, you know, about curating our feeds, that's important for all of us. That is important for all of us, especially for teenagers. And I do a lot of work in sessions with clients specifically to go through their feed. And every time they come up across an account or an influencer that's triggering, we talk about why it's tri triggering. We talk about the fact that their content is probably not even based in reality um, and in some ways is photoshopped or falsified. And then we just go ahead and remove it. And I think constantly sort of purging the feed of things that make you feel negative or bad about yourself is a healthy practice for anyone on social media, no matter what. In terms of the before and afters, I think it's just a very toxic message all around. Um, and, you know, we could kind of look at it for teenagers in terms of like the, the, the trends for this fitspo or fins, fit, fitspiration or like hashtag fitspo, you know? Um, but I think like, you know, one one subgroup that I think has been tremendously 
um, you know, impacted in a negative way by before and afters is, is moms, you know, moms in like the post post baby body and how we kind of all sort of have this, you know, like these celebrities, celebrities splashed on the covers of like two weeks post birth, like here's this, you know, supermodel walking the runway in a lingerie show, like how many moms a couple of weeks post are ready to like strut their stuff in their lingerie, right? So it kind of sets all of this up for, you know, just kind of this, this pressure. And, um, you know, I think that my message just to, to kind of moms and women and young girls in general is that I understand we're all sort of living in this culture where we're bombarded with imagery and this concern for how we look. And I understand that it's probably an unrealistic expectation that we're going to get to a point where we say we don't care about it. And maybe we don't even want to not care about it. Maybe we want to just say, I have a healthy balance and relationship too. You know, um, we, you know, we want people to be moving their bodies in a healthy way. We want people to be conscious about what they're eating in a healthy and well-balanced way. Um, but what we want to get away from is placing so much value and worth and bandwidth on the way that we look. And what happens when we place the bandwidth and, and the attention span there is we forget about what we're doing and who we are and how we're showing up in the world and what we have to offer. And instead, we're placing the emphasis on how we look. And the thing about those before and afters is it sort of sets up this, this whole concept of before I was bad. Now yeah. I am good. Right? Totally. Yeah. To like before and after, I'm the same person. I have the same gifts. I'm the same amazing mom. I have the same talents. My friends love me for all this, you know, my and family loves me for who I am. It's setting up this whole, I was bad, now I'm good. And so we have to kind of remind ourselves, regardless of what's happening with our weight, shape, and appearance, this is who we are and this is what we're here to do. You know, I have an example of, um, of this from a, a recent situation I was in. I was at a photography conference last weekend. Um, and you know, it was the most empowering, amazing weekend of women who are artists and creatives to be in the same space, sharing ideas and getting inspiration and learning from each other. And it was just such a beautiful, beautiful weekend. And everybody was kind of riding this high for how good we all felt and sort of being in this environment. It was very powerful. And I was um, down having an early breakfast one morning by myself and these women walked in and I was up pretty early and the restaurant was still fairly empty. And these two women walked in and I couldn't help but overhear their conversation because I was sitting alone and they were kind of passing behind me. And one of the women I heard her saying, you know, something along the lines of, I was telling my personal trainer that I just want to have Michelle Obama's arms. And if I can get Michelle Obama's arms, that's all I want in life. Oh, and I'm sitting my there. My heart. Thinking, exactly. And my heart stopped as well. And I'm sitting there thinking, I bet you're an awesome mom. I bet you are such an amazing photographer. I bet you are such a beautiful artist. And this is what you're talking about. And the thing that really upset me was, you know, that we, we, all, we all hear this. We're women, we're moms. We hear this all the time. And so you could kind of say, well, maybe it was just sort of a joke and she's probably joking. But at the same time, the actual content of what she said, all I want in life is to have Michelle Obama's arms. Like I can think of a lot of things I want in life. And, and, and I don't know if that's on that list. It might be, but it certainly isn't the top of that list, you know? And so I think, you know, the thing that we have to stop and think about too is 
we're, we're exposing other women to those messages. But here's the thing. That was two women having that conversation by themselves. Can you imagine if they were having that conversation and their 13-year-old daughter was hearing that? Or their 11-year-old son? Or their 8-year-old daughter? So these things that we so flippantly say because of these images that we're exposed to, the before and the after and the unrealistic standards that we all see, it's very, very powerful. How do you encourage moms to heal their relationship with their body image so they can just feel better about themselves and then also just, you know, have a positive impact on their kids' body image development? Yeah, I love this question. And I think what I love about this question is the word heal. Um, Because when we talk about, when we use that word, generally we're referencing something that is a process that happens over time, right? And so healing something that that is deep generally doesn't happen overnight. Um, It's generally something that we have to kind of work at and we have to take steps towards healing. And when we look at women's body image issues, they are multifaceted, right? So we'll have women who, you know, are still kind of needing to heal and deal with um, issues and, uh, and messages about their body that are rooted in childhood, right? So like, I, I'm, very, I'm very open in sharing that like I was overweight as, you know, a, a, a preteen and that was really impactful. Some of the things that happened to me at that time really significantly impacted my sense of self as it related to my body and my body image for a long period of time. Um, and that's not uncommon for women to, to have that struggle. Women who have been exposed to any kind of trauma or sexual trauma, their body image for sure is, is caught up in that and, and impacted by that. Um, I think we all sort of have this collective trauma, if you will, about the messages and the pressure that society and culture just sort of inundates us with all the time, whether it's messages about food, messages about exercise, messages about the way our body should look um, or the weight we should be. And so, you know, when we kind of look at healing all of that, it, it can be a little bit overwhelming. And I think that a lot of times the message that I'll send to women and to moms is like, you know, it's just about taking little steps where you can every day and creating more mindfulness of an awareness around it. I think so many women just go through their days uncomfortable in their bodies, negative about their bodies and hating their bodies. And for them, the first step is to just create awareness and stop doing that. Right. And so being aware of like the messages that we're sending to ourselves, um, the way that we tear ourselves down constantly in the way that we think about ourselves, it's kind of like, you know, I'll talk about reversing the golden rule. And a lot of times, you know, women and young girls are so quick to be so complimentary and sweet and kind to other people. And then when it comes to ourselves, we just have such intense negativity. And so I kind of talk about, you know, it's not, I mean, yes, treat others the way you would want to be treated. But when I talk about reversing the golden rule, it's like, treat yourself the way you would treat others. Um, And I think that self-talk piece and creating awareness is first and foremost, so important. And then I think it really kind of gets into just working over time at this relationship of, you know, I think I'm so excited to see moms having more of um, a culture of self-care. And we're hearing so much more about the importance of self-care. And I think that's really taking root for women of our generation. And I think that's so incredibly powerful. Um, I think you guys were kind of talking in one episode recently about, um, 
you know, kind of intuitive living and the power of like intuitive eating is, is fantastic. Intuitive living. Like if I tell myself I have a Pilates class scheduled at Wednesday morning at nine 30, but I wake up and I don't feel well, or I have an injury or, you know, I just, my body's just kind of telling me otherwise intuitive living is saying like, Hey, look, I'm not going to go and like make myself do this workout when I just don't feel like that's what my body needs today. And so I think healing a lot of this has to do with kind of tuning in, taking care of ourselves, knowing what our triggers are and, and possibly knowing what are some of those deeper rooted issues that if we can't get unstuck with ourselves, we're open to help, you know, having other people help us get unstuck. Maybe someone needs to get into some counseling. Maybe someone needs to do some nutrition therapy to un, unlearn some um, diet mentality and diet rules that they kind of need to, to break or rework. And so just kind of being open to maybe some outside help if we need it, because how we model that and, and, and take care of ourselves and think about ourselves for sure has impact on our kids. So if we can't get our heads around doing it for ourselves, maybe we can at least be motivated at the impact that it's going to have on our kids. Yeah. And so much of the work that I do, and I know Rachel is, and I know Rachel as well in session is reworking that inner narrative, you know, reframing those thoughts. So I'm going to point out something that you said that I'm like, I wanted to catch you in the moment, but I didn't want to mess your flow. But like, as a kid, and even as adults, we're not overweight. Over what weight, right? You just lived in a bigger body than maybe, I mean, you were perfect how you were, but what you're saying is at some point that impacted you. And so I want to say out there to moms, like we're going to rework that narrative right here. Like your kids are not overweight. Let's, let's not shame them for their bodies. And so, I mean, with that being said, how do you work with moms because we fully believe that in order to raise body confident kids we have to work on ourselves first we have to engage in those practices so how do you work with moms and parents you know to rework their own narrative rework their kids narratives with that social media comparison you know it's in our face so yeah no I, I love everything that you that you just said and, and I very much believe in all of those same things too in terms of the work that I do you know the thing I think is interesting about social media is it tends to sort of grab you know young people at sort of like this time where their bodies are starting to really change with all of the changes of like pre-puberty and puberty and so at the times that their bodies particularly you know, for girls and the standard that is set for girls um, in terms of the cultural sort of like um, expectation of what we all sort of are sort of inundated with this message of what our bodies are supposed to look like. At the time that their bodies are becoming more womanly, they're actually looking less like the idealized standardized form of beauty, right? So like we know, what is it? Like one to 2% of the population naturally has that body type that we see in the media and in movies and on the runways. And then the other 98% or, you know, roughly that is, is trying to attain that look has to do that through really unnatural and unhealthy means. And so for our kiddos, you know, their bodies are actually becoming more womanly, but sort of looking less and less like that idealized form. And then at the time that they're starting to go through the changes of puberty, interestingly enough for us moms, we've gone through those changes as well and carry whatever our stories are from that. And then we've gone through the changes of having babies and being postpartum and our bodies changing with all of that. And then we kind of start to get into this, you know, sort of perimenopausal and menopausal phase where our bodies start changing again, 
And so it becomes this time where there's just even more of this added pressure for, you know, how do we, how do our bodies look and what, you know, what weight are we and what size are we? And, um, and, you know, so we're kind of seeing more and more, even, you know, the statistics on the rise, you know, as you guys know about the rising demographic of women in, in midlife and in their fifties, you know, struggling more and more with diagnosable eating disorder behaviors. And I think it has a lot to do with, you know, some of those changes as well. So, um, you know, in terms of just kind of, you know, looking at it from the social media aspect, I think we all have to kind of be reminded about, you know, just sort of the trap that is compare and despair, right? And we can kind of do that, whether that's in social media or just kind of walking around in our day-to-day life that, you know, we kind of have to just catch ourselves in that moment and realize that when we kind of set up that comparison of like someone has to be better and someone has to be less than, you know, we're kind of doing a disservice either to ourselves or the person that we're judging ourselves against. Um, and so, so that's kind of important to keep in mind. Yeah, there's no way if we're like constantly bashing ourselves, like you were saying, again, with M- Michelle Obama's arms comment from those women, like if their kids were around and that is what they're constantly hearing, then they're going to inhale that just like we all are seeing all these social media messages and bodies and we're all being inundated with this message. The kids are getting that way more than we're experiencing it. So we could be giving our kids that gift of a positive body image if we just deliver that message as well. Sure, sure. And I think, you know, I mean, I think too that, you know, when we're looking at what are some of the things, you know, just to kind of keep in mind in terms of how do we talk to our kids and how do we even think about, you know, our own lives. It's sort of like really shining the spotlight on, you know, what are we here to do? Who are we here to be? How can we be of service today? You know, that kind of gets us out of sort of like this mindset of how do our bodies look or how do I, how do I look today? Um, And sometimes for teenagers, especially, I feel like when I'm working with them, that's almost kind of like eye opening. It's like, oh, well, wait a minute. I didn't even really stop to think about what my talents are what my gifts are and how I can go out into the world and, and try to share those. It's, you know, they, they, you know, we just so easily all get caught up with, you know, how we look. Um, I think too, you know, a lot of what I'll try to encourage clients to do is, you know, we call it sort of like the attitude of gratitude and, you know, we all kind of can maybe identify or relate to this idea that, you know, there's certain parts of our bodies that maybe we struggle with a little bit more or we are a little less comfortable with, or we sort of feel isn't sort of, you know, um, the way that we, we would wish it to be. And so I always encourage people to think about, well, let's focus on what that part of your body allows you to do. And let's focus in on, you know, like what the functionality is of that. Um, and, and so really just kind of being mindful of, you know, if, if we have healthy bodies that, you know, are working properly and can allow us to go out into the world and ride our bike and hug our kids and do the work that we're here to do that in and of itself is something to be really excited about. For sure. I love all your little rhyming phrases. (laughs) You know, it's like you've said like four. Lots of new hashtags you just developed. Yes. (laughs) I know. There you go. New hashtags to follow moms. There we go. There we go. But, you know, I I think that that one's really powerful, you know, and again, we're seeing more of a a movement and, you know, towards just developing an attitude of, of gratitude about all things. And I think we have to apply that to our bodies. You know, I was, um, in, in college and I was, you know, this moment struck me really powerfully when I was, you know, in my early twenties, because I was really struggling with some body image at that time. And I, 
I do like to exercise and I do have a, you know, I've worked really hard to have a healthy relationship with movement, but I hate running. Like I absolutely hate running. It's you and Rachel should be friends. Oh my gosh. It's like my least, <laughs> it's like my, you know, it's like, uh, it's, it's just torture. And so, um, but then at that time in my life, I just really had told myself like I needed to be a runner because I was convinced that was going to be the best way to get, you know, a caloric burn and tone my body in all the right ways and all this stuff. So I was forcing myself at that time in my life to go out on these runs. And I lived in a beautiful city. It was a beautiful climate. And instead of running through this place that now I just like wish I could live in, um, instead of running through that place or even just walking, because let's be honest, I hated running um, and being excited about like, you know, the time of life that I was in and where I was and the environment that I was in, I was like really negative about the way that my, my body looked at that time. And I was like running and pushing myself to think about how maybe my thighs would be slimmer or maybe my body would be slimmer if I pushed myself harder. And I happened to run by this man who was very slowly and sort of feebly crossing the street that I was galloping across. And he was on, not galloping, because let's be honest, I'm not a runner, but in my mind I was galloping. But um, but he had, um, he had crutches and he only had one leg and he was very slowly making his way across the street. And here's me being so negative about my body because I didn't think I was thin enough or fit enough and what he would give to have two healthy functioning legs, no matter what their size. And so that moment really struck me and it stayed with me forever, obviously, that I, I talk to clients a lot about like, look, you may not love it. And you may have to accept it, but let's just be honest about, you know, what it does for you that is really meaningful and positive in your life. And let's just start there. I think I was able to combine that attitude of gratitude and what we're talking about today, the selfie struggles um, recently. And I was hanging out with my son in the backyard. The sun was shining and he was just being so cute. We were kissing and giggling. And so I kind of held the phone up to try to get a candid of us because I just... Honestly, I felt beautiful. Like, he was adorable. Like, we had so much love going on. And I snapped the picture and I looked at it. And immediately, you know, my gut reaction was to kind of cringe and pick apart, like, my age lines and <laughs> my sunspots. And that, because that's the first thing that I saw. And I, in that moment, focused on not deleting the photo because it captured the moment. And then, B, switching to the fact that, like, this is. I want to remember this moment, the vibe, like how I felt. It has nothing to do with how I looked because he for sure obviously didn't care. And like, I don't care. And and so I think that that having that attitude of like, I'm so grateful for these moments, for this vibe, for this energy, for what's going on in our lives. Like it hasn't, it does not matter how anybody looks when they're laughing, when they're smiling, when they're crying. Like we are just in it to live life together and to let go of that. And so one of the things I encourage moms to do too is like take the photos, get in the photos, and then don't delete the photos. Because a huge piece is also some exposure therapy, which I'm sure you do. Like the more you look at yourself in the photos, the more you post the photos, the more you do it, the more you're kind of getting yourself used to how you look. Because a big piece of it too is like nobody really looks the same in photos versus real life like we all we all look a little different like that's just the what the camera does I mean your husband's in the film industry like the camera does different things and so we don't need to like overanalyze it and I know I've lived in LA Tina's lived in LA like we have seen celebrities in real life they do not look the way they do <laughs> you know 
I mean, let's remember <clears throat> photos are 2D images. Yeah. Like they are flat and like we are humans yes. that move around and have shapes yes. and things. And, For sure. You, know? you guys, I, I feel so strongly about this because I am a therapist, but I'm also a photographer. Oh, right. There you and go. And I am, feel so strongly about having pictures of motherhood. And, you know, I think it, it's everything. Which literally, as you say that, yes. I see the yes. background of your pictures yes. of pictures of motherhood. Yes. And let me tell you about those photos. They were professionally done. Um, and yes, I, I did my hair that day. And yes, I was wearing a dress. And yes, I wore more makeup. The thing about those pictures is I can look at them and I can do one of two things. I can pick myself apart for the way that my body looks or my double chin or my, my, the lines on my face and I'm looking older. Or I can say like, this is my family and aren't we beautiful? And my God, my kids one of these days are going to look back and be so glad to see me in the pictures. Because it kind of goes full circle to how we started the conversation, which is like, we are the glue, ladies. And if we're not in the pictures, like, come on, that's just not how it is, right? And so, you know, the other night, my, my, my younger son wanted me to sleep with him in his bed. And we're, we're very much phasing out of that. And my kids are older and, you know, the, the time is going so incredibly fast. And so we are like at the very tail end of wanting to have mom in the bed, much less even in the room, let's be honest. Right. So well, that makes me so sad. True. And that, and that's, the, that's, that's the stages of life and that's where I am. And so right before we went to bed, we were goofing around and he, and, and, it, you know, and I don't know if he wanted me in there cause he's a little unsettled of what's happening in the world. And we're kind of in this strange place or if he just whatever and and so I'm laying in bed next to him no makeup ready for bed in my ratty old t-shirt and we take this picture and that picture actually will have a ton of meaning for me because I will look back and say that was night one of this really crazy situation that we were in and he wanted me to be with him and I was there with him and if I deleted that picture because I didn't have the makeup on or I didn't look pretty enough like I, will I post it on social media I don't know probably not but like, even if I did, like, that's who, that's me, that's what we're doing, you know? And so it breaks my heart as a photographer when I capture what I think are truly beautiful, candid images of mothers with their children. And then the moms come back to me and they have really negative and disparaging things to say about the way that they look in those images, because that's not what that, that is about. And you talk about us being, you know, 3D human beings. No one is going to look at my family photos and know what my least favorite body part is. No one's gonna ever know that. And when people are talking to me, they certainly aren't looking at and zeroing in on my least favorite body part. They're making eye contact, they're listening to me talk, we're engaging, we're, we're, we're moving, breathing, living human beings who connect on a human level, and that has nothing to do with our least favorite body parts. And we lose sight of that. Well, when I lived in Long Beach many years ago, I had this one wall where it was a compilation of a bunch of family photos with the girl that I lived with and then my family and my mom saved all these hilarious professional family photos that I just like hung up on the wall and it was such an amazing conversation piece when people came over because it's like <laughs> in the 80s and my dad and yes. oh, some of my brother's pictures. <laughs> I mean, it just is hilarious. And it's such an amazing 
cherishing moment. Now, granted, I don't have that up in my house right now because we don't have the wall space and my husband hates that I don't match the frames. But that being aside, eventually it will happen again. And and maybe I'll put a current family photo up there. But I love cherishing those moments. So mamas, take those pictures because you never know if your kids are going to want it or they're going to look back and be like what the heck was I wearing you know totally and and the thing too like you know not not to be kind of like overly you know sort of somber but like you know I think we're kind of in a moment where we're all realizing how fragile everything is and you know you you just never know some of my very favorite images some of my most treasured images I've ever taken as a photographer I took at a time where life felt really fragile and things were kind of dark. And so I think it's really important for us to, to kind of not let our hangups as moms stand in the way of documenting like our family and our life and who we are and who we're here to be, because that's what's truly important. Not to be somber as well, but like when you're talking about this, I keep thinking of my my husband's mother who passed away when he was young and we are going through some just shoeboxes because, you know, it was the 70s of photos. And I found this one candid of her and she's kind of looking off the distance and she's laughing and she's posing with a parrot. I don't know what was going on. He doesn't remember it. But I I almost like cried because it was such a beautiful, candid snap where you saw life and light. I can even cry now. And like, I guarantee you, she she could might have looked at that and said, oh, my eyes are half closed. Or like, I'm not looking at the camera or something. And all I saw was so much life and light. And it's on, it's framed on the wall. My husband was like, that's a random picture. Why would you pick that? And I was like, something just spoke to me about that photo. But I think that's what it's all about. Like these candidates, these moments, like they, they're capturing energy. And that is what we're going to remember. And that's what our kids are going to remember. They're not going to remember how we looked or what we weighed. They're going to remember the moment. And so I think that is just what is so helpful for moms to work through as they work through some of their inner like negative beliefs or their inner narrative when they're considering posting the photo. Just to remember like it is it's about the moment, it's about the love. It's not about how you look. Sure. I, and I, and I think that you know because of like it's so prolific and we all have cameras on our phones and selfie and like we all know what a selfie is, but we let's let's stop for a minute too and remember that like the earliest portraits were purely about documenting. This is who this person is. Yeah. And they also, you guys were art, right? So like artists who are like sort of the originators of the self-portrait, like their selfies are not new. Like self-portraits have been around as long as there are artists to do them. And so there's a reason why artists kind of said like, I am the artist and I myself am art and a work of art. And we've kind of decided as a culture, you can go to any museum, that a portrait is a work of art, right? So, so the challenge is to kind of work on whatever our issues are to, to hopefully get to a point where we can at least get glimmers of like as moms and everything that we're doing and who we are and how we show up, like that is a work of art and it's beautiful. Yeah. And, and one last point, too. I, I think so many moms hide in the photos. My mom does this. She loves to put a bunch of people in front of her and she just pops her head out. And half the picture, she looks like a floating head because she's so self-conscious of her body. It's like there's a whole bunch of us. And then, like, there's her head, like, above Aww. our shoulders. It, like, 
and it it, it saddens me. So yeah. I, yeah. I love the fact that you're kind of bringing moms back around to like, not only are we capturing a vibe, but we're also capturing who you are and we're capturing art. Stop hiding in the photos, take the candids, own how you look, own the moments, etc. And if you are into social media, don't be afraid to post it and be proud of it and be proud of who you are. And if you're not into social media, then don't worry about it. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation and we've really appreciated uh, having you on and chatting with us. Can you um, lastly tell our listeners where to find you? I know you gave your website before, but maybe social media handle and all that. Sure, sure. Yeah, you can find me at Gina Graham LCSW.com. And then on Instagram, it's Gina Graham LCSW. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Well, thank you again, Gina, for your insight. All right, moms, we are challenging you to post that selfie and own your mom jeans with a G or a J, whatever. And if you do, please tag us so we can give you a shout out or just see you bravely being you. All right, so hashtag mom selfie. Our takeaway question is not a question at all. It's a takeaway challenge. Yay. So post the selfie, tag us, use the hashtag mom selfie and own your mom jeans with a G. Thanks for listening. See you next time. This episode of Mom Jeans was produced and edited by Rachel Coleman and Tina LeBoy. Just a reminder, this episode is not a substitute for therapeutic counsel or nutrition advice. Thank you to Jerry DePizzo for the music production. You can find episode information and show notes at www.momjeansthepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at momjeansthepodcast.com. And join the Mom Jeans the Podcast Facebook group to find a community of mamas learning to love their bodies and discussing the episodes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mom Jeans. See you next time.